What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. Today, uh, your host, Nate Bailey. I'm, I'm excited for this one. This is, uh, this is one I've, we've been trying to make happen for, for quite some time, for, for probably three or four months, and the schedule is back and forth, but I'm glad we were able to finally make this happen, and it was, I was not disappointed. Let's put it this way. I, I told our guest today, as we're going through this, this coronavirus and quarantine and everything, it was just, uh, it was a great ray of light in my life. And I was like, man, that's one of the best podcasts I've ever had with one of my guests. And she's like, Oh, she's like, well, do you just say that to everyone? Or did, did you really mean that? And I was like, no, I really meant that. Like, this was just one of my favorites. She's just got a, such a great personality, great story and an excellent communicator. So it just, it really truly did make uh, this conversation a great one. Uh, my guest's name is Esty Rand. You can check out more on Esty at SDRand.com. We also shared inside the episode, you can check out her current five-day marketing success challenge. Uh, she always has a free gift up on her website. So SDRand.com forward slash free gift. And you can get that uh, for free for yourself. If you're a business owner or an entrepreneur, it's an incredible challenge and program and product that she's going to soon uh, be charging for. So go check that out and grab that before she does that, but again, incredible, incredible conversation. So I'm going to introduce us now to Esty Rand. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're just talking offline. We're all kind of working from home with the coronavirus going on and she's got five children and one literally tried to burn down the house on her. Uh, but but didn't <laughs> su succeed. I don't know if I'm supposed to be letting that out or not. But uh, very interesting story. I'm like, man, I bet there's a lot of those stories going on right now. So uh, thank you so much, though, for being here. I appreciate it. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, the first question I always like to ask to kind of kick off our conversation is the name of the podcast is Championship Leadership. So, you know, what comes to mind for you or what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear it? To me, it means being a leader of leaders. I find that most leaders are leaders of followers, right? Kind of managerial, but they give orders and people need to follow them. 
Yeah. You know, and I, I feel like a lot of the perception is, you know, a good leader is someone who can get people to follow them. And I, I think that is one level, right? And yeah. that's kind of like a baseline. But to me, real leadership is to be a leader of leaders, is to cultivate excellence in all of those who you are guiding, where they may not be doing exactly what you're saying or what you're wanting, and you're not giving a whole lot of instruction. You're giving general direction vision, um, passion, building others so that they are leading through you respectively. That's what leadership mm-hmm. means to me. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Leaders of leaders, because um, I think a lot of people do look at it as like, yeah, well, they're leading the followers, but I like it. The, the next step, the next level of that being that championship leadership to lead other leaders. So where is your path taking you? Like, how have you gotten from where uh, ever you started to, to where you are today and what you're up to? Maybe you could just tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and, and your journey to where you're at um, right now. Sure. Sure. So I built a six-figure business consulting firm, Profit, in under two years with zero in ad spend while, you know, raising my five kids. Um, <laughs> and it was definitely an interesting journey getting here. It started about 10 years ago, back in 2011, beginning of the small business boom. I was working as the CIO of a multinational nonprofit. I love my boss, who was a leader of leaders. And I loved my job. And I had flex time, which at that time I had three little kids. And it was great until I hired a middle manager who was a leader of followers who hated me. Um, and he was a moron. So, you know, the feeling was mutual. We got along real well, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> It made my life like just absolute misery until uh, I I had to leave because I I couldn't function. The environment became so toxic. And at that time, I had this dream of doing small business consulting. I was was watching everyone like try to sell on Etsy or do massage therapy or they'd be like in the coffee shop going to their friends like, I'm going to sell cupcakes for a dollar. It was like, (laughs) oh my God, like you're all idiots. Um, (laughs) I've been running businesses profitably since I was 10 years old. And uh, like, I'm like a serial micro entrepreneur, you know, That's like awesome. never full time, always these side hustles, had tons yeah. of them. And I'm like, my degree is in business and marketing management from a business school in New York. And I'd be hearing all these people and looking at their ads in the local weeklies. And I'm like, I can help you. I can help you. And I just had this burning desire to help them. But, you know, I had three kids. I was the sole supporter of our family. My husband was still in school. And uh, I was just like, I can't take that risk. So I took on a bunch of jobs, but I decided to try to launch it. And, uh, and it worked. Like it started going. Again, in the beginning, I was a freelancer, right? Mm-hmm. Just that's how you start. Um, and I started, I partnered with people. There's some great stories there. Oh, no. man. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> some great horror stories, some great, great stories. And, uh, and it grew slowly. But at this point, we are multinational. We've got both clients and staff in five different time zones on a daily basis. We have about 20 people on our team and we do everything I wanted us to do. We do strategy and implementation for micro businesses. So in this space, so a micro business to me, I categorize it as under a million dollars in profit and anywhere from zero to 20 employees, right? So solopreneurs, primarily service-based businesses. There are very few, I'm just going to be, blunt for a moment, there are very few competent people in this space because a lot of people start out there and then if they're not good, they kind of stay there. And if they are good, they try to move into corporate where it's easier money. 
And my passion is just for the little guy. So we have a great niche because our reputation yeah. precedes us. There are so few people who stick around here who are good. Um, so thank God we're doing real well. That's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I'm glad that you're being blunt. I, I kind of picked that up about you uh, kind of from the beginning. So <laughs> we're good there too. Um, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, that's an incredible story. So what have been some of the biggest challenges as you, as a leader in going from like all your little, your side hustles and micro businesses that you had to, 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 to launching this. Now you have a team of, of 20 and, and leader of leaders and what have been some of the challenges or the, the, the uh, experiences that you've had inside of growing as a leader yourself? Totally. So I'll tell you one horror story and then I'll tell you a little bit of like heartwarming stories. Awesome. Uh, so the horror story happened way back, like close to the beginning, probably nine years ago. And uh, so I'm just me, but I've got this vision of a full service consulting firm, right? But I'm not going to hire people. I don't have enough business for that. So I'm just partnering with people on different projects, right? So I get a client and let's say we need a graphic designer. Right now we have a full internal design team, graphic designers, writers, programmers. But in those days, I just looked for people who, you know, I could trust and, and I brought them into projects. So I'm at a trade show and this guy has a booth and his stuff is gorgeous. Absolutely. Just really incredible, you know, business marketing materials. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy I could partner with, you know, I could work with him. It's going to be epic. So I get a client <laughs> and we're doing a rebrand and I'm like, you know, mistake number one, I'm like, I've got the perfect designer, right? I never worked with the guy. I just saw his stuff, but I put my stamp yeah. of approval on him. Yeah. Biggest mistake, number one. So <laughs> he's like, great, you know, because my client trusts me. I trust this guy yeah. completely Whoops. incorrectly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I bring him into the project. We start working on it and we make the deal and everything's fine. And his stuff is horrible. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even understand. I saw your stuff. I saw your work samples where they pretend like I couldn't figure it out. And finally, I think two months in, revision after revision after revision, and, and the client's like, SD, I trust you. If you like it, I like it. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't like it. Um, and so finally we come out with something halfway decent, and I'm so confused. And it comes out, ready for this, that the guy that I partnered with had had a partner. He didn't tell me. And right around the time I met him, like right before that trade show about, was when he broke up with his partner. He had been the more technical guy, and the guy, partner had been the design guy. The partner was the creative brain oh, no. and he was the technical brain, but he knew the design programs. He would always clean up the designs and ran all the technical backend stuff. And he's like, how hard can it be? <laughs> right? Like I'm cleaning all. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> you know? no. And that's why this stuff was terrible. The end of the story, we had to like refund the client and it hurt my reputation. Cause then he showed it around. It was like, oh, wow. did this. It was, it was so bad. And I just learned from that, like never, ever, ever put your stamp of approval on someone that hasn't proven themselves to you personally. <laughs> like never do that. Now, if I, I'll, I'll recommend people that look good, but always, you know, again, very straightforward. I met this person. This is what I've seen from them. This is why I like them. I have no other information. Do your own research. This yeah. is what I can give you, you know, as opposed to, yeah, he's great. Oh, right. Man, he Whoops. <laughs> oh man. And I think some of my best stories, my best stories are not big. They're little. Uh, my best stories are I'll be in meetings sometimes for hours straight. And, uh, and I run my company through WhatsApp because I like voice notes. Um, uh, I run other, like with some of my clients, I come in sometimes as like a, a temp CMO or a COO. 
and they run through Slack, so I got to use Slack. But for my team, I run it through WhatsApp because Slack, none of the apps that say they do do voice notes properly for Slack, none. So anyone who listens to this, if you email me one that works, I'll be thrilled. But as far as I'm concerned, I run my company through WhatsApp. So we have a bunch of WhatsApp (laughs) groups and chats, and if you work for me, you have to use WhatsApp. So we... So I'll be in meetings and then I'll always check my WhatsApp in between because that's where all this stuff is going on. And I'll see like someone's asked a question and like the team has just rallied to answer it, right? And they've like overserved the clients. It's like, oh, a client needs this. They don't want to know where it is. Yes. And by the way, you know, one time SD did that and that for a client. We should probably do that too. And he's like, okay. And, you know, while I'm working, right, essentially, mm-hmm. they're working and they're, and they're doing exactly what I would have done, overserving the clients helping each other, working as a team, and I'm thrilled. Like, I, what I never wanted was that everyone would, like, wait for me, you know? Yeah. And what I, I've managed to build is a group of people. Again, I aspire to be a leader of leaders, right? And when I see that my team leads, those are my absolute best moments. Like, where someone, like, takes it on. It's like, yeah, I'll reach out to them. I'll get them this. Once we did this, anyone have that? And, like, they just they pull it together and they do it. And by the time I space in, it's all done. I'm like, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> those are my That's best awesome. moments. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, some great lessons there and uh, some some great stories as well. So thank you. Who are some other championship leaders, leaders of leaders that have impacted you directly or indirectly and really more so like how have they, you know, what is it about them as as leaders that really have stood out or maybe even that you've taken and helped to mold you and who you are as a leader? Sure. So I think my last boss, at the last job I had, <laughs> the CIO, um, he, like I said, he was a leader of leaders, um, absolutely incredible man. And, uh, you know, he built a team, myself included, where he cultivated us to be the best version of ourselves, right? He gave us the direction. He was always there to support us. If we needed something, we knew he had our back but he drove us hard. Like I I was an employee. I was working 13 hour days as a business owner. When you work half a day, that's 12 hours, right? That's half a day. Um, But as an employee, I would work 13 hour days and I was happy to do it. Right. I was given the mandate, what needed to be done. And then I was given trust. I was given confidence. I was given the freedom to access whatever tools, resources I needed. I knew that he was available for me for support, but I was basically on my own. Right. It was like, this is what we need to do. You tell me what you need to do and I'll, I'll got you. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and I'm not going to say we didn't have other guidance. And, you know, one of the things that I still do today that I got from him is I, uh, I double do my emails because again, I'm naturally blunt, kind of been this way for a long time. And uh, it came out at some point that my emails were a little harsh. Sometimes people felt a little, <laughs> you know, uncomfortable when I would send them. <laughs> um, and so one of the things he taught me was just like, and again, you know, a leader of followers might say, you can't write like this, yeah. right? You know, right. you need to write like this, you need this. And what he told me was just, you know, SD, when, before you send an email, read it and see what you can do to soften it. That was it. Again, it's direction, read it. Mm-hmm. And so I still do that. I write my emails, my text as well, right? Yeah. I write my emails, I write my text. And then I read it back and I say, wait, what can I do to make this nicer or cleaner or, or, or gentler or softer? And inevitably, I'm still, right, over a decade later, tweaking it. 
what we've gotten feedback that like, at the level of professionals and our communications, I teach the same thing to my clients. You know, it's, it's Dale Carnegie principles, really, right? Yeah. How to win friends and influence people. Right. Take off every email with, with gratitude or appreciation. And then if you're going to say something negative, um, look, if you can say it without negative words, um, you know, instead of saying like, you messed that up, you know, it's like, this wasn't done in this and this way, and we need it done in that and that way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Be more factual, not critical. And, and these are the kinds of tools that I got from him. Just an absolutely incredible man. I'm still in touch with to this day. Are you? Oh, that's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I just uh, visited him a couple years ago when I was, when I was out there. Um, he doesn't live um, where I do, and I was visiting. And I just reached out. I was like, hey, I'm in town, and I'd love to see you. We just sat down for a few hours to chat. That's great. Yeah, I love it. And, um, you know, it's, we all have those people in our life, right? And it's, well, hopefully we do. Um, a lot of us do. Um, and it's important to have those types of people that you can lean on and call on and, and, uh, and, and go to and connect with as you continue to grow as, as yourself and a leader. And I love, you know, what I, what I heard you saying was, you know, really to be a championship leader, it, it really is a lot about like the little stuff, right? You don't, you don't really think too much about, and not that you're going to go and micromanage everything that they're doing and make sure that they're doing it properly. But at the same time, as things arise, it's, it is as little as the details on, you know, read your email before, before you send it off and <laughs> make sure that we soften it up, especially, especially if your name is SD Rand. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also to genuinely care about, your people. I think so many people look at work relationships as like, well, you know, I'm doing them a favor. I'm paying their salary. They work yeah, for me. Right. They owe me. And uh, I, I consider it a favor when my staff work for me. Yeah, I'm paying them because they should be paid for their work, but they're doing me a favor. Right. And, and they're people and every, you know, people always say I work with a fully virtual team. I always have. He'll say like, you know, how, how do you build teamwork in a virtual team? And how do you build loyalty in a virtual team? I said, you care about your people as people, right? Like when one of my staff was moving, um, uh, moving house, I uh, was trying to send her food, but she's so organized <laughs> that she was cooked. Like she had like cooked and frozen meals for her family, like all the way up until the move. So like I, um, but I found out from her sister that the day of the move she hadn't planned for. I was like, yes. Awesome. And I sent her food for the day of the move and toys for the kids. And like that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. When I made a party for, for one of my kids um, and it was like a holiday weekend when I was employed, my boss and the, all the executive team came, they stayed for the whole thing. Like yeah. those are the moments yeah. that create loyalty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's great. What's, um, maybe talk to us a little bit about, it's kind of a favorite question of mine. Um, what's a, a, a turning point or a defining moment that you've had in your life where kind of that fork in the road moment. And obviously you made the decision that you did, uh, which has you where you are today, but you know, had you not, you know, you could be somewhere completely different in life. Like what, is there a moment in time that really stands out that was really critical to where you are today and in, inside of your life, business, family, whatever it might be. For sure. So since my headspace is all in like, you know, 10 years ago when I started this, um, yeah. I'm kind of like anchored there and yeah. there was a defining moment. So when I left my job as a CIO, I went looking for a new one, right? So I had side hustles. I actually, first I was like, I'm not working anymore. That's it. Like husband, like, this is nice. Just 
figure out how to work and finish school at the same time. I don't care. Like I'm done. Yeah. Done. <laughs> like I'm going to take care of the kids. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to be like a Susie homemaker. It's going to be so cute. and so much fun. Cause I've been working since I was like 16. And uh, so I'm home for like two weeks and I finish every project, every, everything that I've been sitting and I'm bored out of my mind. And I started teaching these hip hop exercise classes. <laughs> That's I was like, awesome. I'm never not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So during that time, I was interviewing for other jobs, right? Like I, I realized that at that point, I was like, I need to work. Like this isn't, isn't going to happen. So I had this dream that I'm harboring, but I'm not willing to go all in on it, obviously, because that would be too risky, super risk averse person. And uh, so I'm, I'm meeting with headhunters and I'm sending in my resume. I'm looking at the one ads. I'm looking for a job. And I met with this one headhunter who was a former McKinsey consultant, right? And my dream is business consulting. I'm looking at her like God. You know, like, and she's doing headhunting from her living room. And I'm like, this, this is exactly like, you know, you're running a small business. You're a McKinsey consultant. Like, I just idolize this woman. And uh, she's interviewing me and she's professional and she's together. And uh, at some point she looks at me and she's like, Esty, what's the dream? What do you really want to do? You know? And so I'm like, I'm going to confide in her. I'm going to tell her what I want to do. And she's going to yeah. be able to help me. And I'm all excited. <laughs> so I tell her, I, I just, I have this dream of doing small business consulting and all these people, we want to sell cupcakes for a dollar and I know I can help them. And I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> and I'll never forget this. She looks me straight in the eye. She said, Esty, no one will take you seriously. No one will hire you. Really? Wow. You need 20 more years of C-level experience before anyone would pay you for your advice. Yeah. So I broke. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I held it together, right? Like while I was there, I was like, oh, okay, thank you, you know, so much. And, and by the way, she sent me out on, uh, on interviews for C-level positions. Like, it's not like she thought I was an idiot, right? Like that was yeah, just, yeah. Um, and, and they were good jobs. But I remember going home that day and I, I, you know, like these like little like things like sticking around. I remember standing by the window and the sunlight is streaming in and there are just tears streaming down my face because this woman who obviously knows how this works, I don't know what business consulting is. I don't know anything, yeah. right? Yeah. What am I? I'm a four-woman employee. This woman <laughs> who obviously knows how the world works, she's done exactly what I want to do, is telling me that I can't, my dream yeah, is right. completely a dream, right? Impossible, like completely. And I'm just broken. And I'm lucky I had great support at that time. I had friends and my husband also. It's like, you know, she's old business, you're new business, she's small business, she's big business, you're small business, like, don't listen to her, you know, so, but of course I did, um, which is why I just, like, I tried to do my thing on the side, but I, uh, I feel like there's a part of me that had to prove her wrong. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it was just totally. like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I want to reach out there now and be like, by the way, I talk about you a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and by the way, you were wrong because yeah. hundreds of people have paid me for my advice and yeah. I never got another C-level job. Yeah. <laughs> like I did it. Um, and, and by the way, I've added millions and, and millions of dollars in revenue and profit yeah. for people since I started doing this. Um, but I think that moment, standing there crying, I feel like that was my defining moment. It was like, yeah. okay, Esty, you're going to listen to her, and you're going to give up on this dream and say, Look in, listen, honey, la-la land, and your husband's not going to get a job right now, and you know, 
you're not going to not work either because you tried that for two weeks and you got bored out of your mind. So like you're going to go and just get a job um, and, you know, have more bosses and be at someone else's whim. Or are you going to try and do this and, and follow this burning passion and desire? And I think at that moment it was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And again, risk averse, especially when she told me it wasn't going to work. I, I took on other jobs at the same time. I worked for a business brokerage agency firm and I, I worked for the Mobile Marketing Association, which is a multinational trade association in, in mobile marketing. But I dropped them both as my private practice started to grow. But to me, that was the moment of like, okay, you're going to let it go. You're going to listen to the naysayers. You're going to listen to this woman who clearly knows what she's talking about, that you'll never yeah. make it. Or are you going to try? Yeah. And I feel like I decided I'm going to try. And I, yeah. I didn't decide to, to, to go all in, by the way. All I decided is I have to try. I'm going to yeah. try. I don't yeah. care what anyone says. I'm going to try. And, and yeah. here I am. <laughs> That's great. And here you are. Now yeah. we got to go find this lady. We're not going to soften. <laughs> you're not going to soften that conversation. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's a, that's powerful. And yeah, I mean, I really a lot of people. I should send her a gift. What's, I really yeah, you should. Thank her. No, you I should. should. Yeah, I should absolutely. thank her. I'd be like, what you said thank to me yeah. built that steely determination of I'm going to try. It drove you, which is, you know, a lot of people would have crushed and like they wouldn't have gone after it. Right. I mean, I think that's yeah. the other fork in the road there. And it's awesome. Yeah. I would send her a big uh, fruit basket or something. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big road less traveled person. It's one of my favorite poems from yeah. Robert Frost. Although yeah, some of the too. critics say like, it doesn't mean what we all think it means, but I don't yeah. care. It means what yeah. it means to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I tried it on a hiking trail this week because, you know, until a few days ago, we were still allowed to walk outside. Um, now those are closed too. Yeah. But I'm on this hiking trail and there's a fork in the road and I'm like, let's take the one less traveled thing and start leading off the side of a mountain. So we turned around. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes there's a reason they're less traveled, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I think no one goes this way because it doesn't go anywhere. Like, it goes into bushes. <laughs> like it looks like a trail, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I love it. Thank you. One last thing here for you. If you had one thing that you, um, could tell the listeners that would help them move forward if they implemented it today, um, what would that be? Um, so since we're on leadership, I would say don't be afraid to let your people fail. Don't be afraid to let them mess yeah. up. And when they do, support them. You yeah. want to build leaders. You want, like, I want to be dispensable in my company, with my clients. I don't need to be needed. Yeah. And I'm thrilled when people do things without me. If you want to have a business and a life and you want to be a real leader and you want to build the best in people, again, blunt, stop being so controlling and micromanaging and it comes yeah. from fear, right? What if they mess up? If they mess up, you'll fix it. Guess what, yeah. honey? You've messed up too. You know, and when you mess up, you fix it. Let your team make mistakes and support them and help them fix it when they do. Oh, we got some great mistakes people have made. Oh, wow. You know, like we've yeah. got some great, great mistakes. And if you don't let them make mistakes and you don't support them through fixing it, they will need you for every tiny step they take right. because they'll be afraid of messing up. And if yeah. you allow them the space to make a mistake and you support them through fixing it, they can go without you. Mm -hmm. You can have a life. You can build a business. You, you can, ah, it's a game changer. That, yeah. That's the one thing I want everyone to know. So important. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Thank you for, um, very important. 
I, I believe in that 100%. Um, tell us a little bit about your five-day marketing success challenge that's going viral and uh, is, a, is a huge success. I want to hear, hear more about this. Oh, Pretty good it's really fun. <laughs> okay. So uh, I have an actually like a marketing program. So we've been doing marketing strategy with clients for you know over 10 years now. And then it wasn't affordable to everyone because I have this passion for micro businesses, like I said. And so we turned it into a group program. But there were still people who were like, you know, even the group program is too expensive. Can you make something for people that's that's cheaper? That's just kind of the foundational principles. So I said, yeah, I'll make a mini course, right? I'll make a mini, I'll make a five-day mini challenge. It'll be like a $300 program, no problem. And so we made it, and it was super cool. Like we really distilled like the best of the best. And then, you know, as a marketer myself, I'm like, all right, I'm going to let the first 250 people in free. Um, you know, everyone go sign up. And within 48 hours, we had 600 people in it. Wow. I was like, wow. okay, I wasn't planning that. Like it just kind of like, it started going. I'm like, okay guys, we got a hundred. We got, I'm like, you know, I'm on, I'm on social. Like yeah. I put it out, I'm big on LinkedIn. I put it out on my Instagram and I'm on stories and I'm going like, oh wow, we've got 200 people. All right guys, grab the last 50 spots. And I'm thinking we'll get like, you know, 200 something. And then I'll be like all excited. In the beginning, I had no idea, by the way, I had no idea how many people would get in on it. Yeah. And you know, um, at the end of day one, I was at this conference. I couldn't keep checking the numbers. So I didn't know exactly where we were holding. So I'm like, you know, I'm like trying to check in with my team. But it was a little messy because I was out in Denver at the time that this was launching. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, timing. Um, <laughs> but that's just when it was happening. And then I check in like two days later when I finally had time to like sit down and see what was going on. And there were 600 people in it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it was like still climbing. And uh, and then we shut it down, like just for a few hours, like 80 people got locked out. And I was like, no, I want to get out. I was like, you know what? Okay, okay, okay. Um, fine. I'm just going to leave it open right now. I'm going to leave it open. Oh. Um, and so we have, we've left it open. The testimonials, they, they warm my heart. I actually have like a little WhatsApp group with myself. Um, so like, because listen, as a business owner, I'm sure you know, and all the listeners knows, Sometimes you get down, right? Everyone's yeah, a critic definitely. and sometimes, you know, something happens or, or you make a mistake or, or someone makes a mistake and, and I just go back. A lot of the testimonials come in just from this, the free challenge of like, you know, people have taken it and they've used the sales pitch, um, which is day four to pitch people and it's worked. Right. Or they've used the avatar targeting module, which is day two, and it's given them clarity on their person. They, and they refined their marketing. They've stopped wasting money like just incredible feedback. I think my favorite is like this guy who emailed us was like, I see like I've taken many paid challenges that weren't as good as this. Thanks so much for being free. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but right now it is still free. It will go behind the paywall. I cannot tell you when, whenever yeah. we have time, we're going to put all those testimonials on the page. But right now it's free. So if people go to sdran.com slash free gift, right now this is there. And if we, awesome. if when we will, we do put the paywall on it, something else cool will be there. So yeah. there'll always be something cool and free there. That's helpful. But right now that's the marketing success five-day challenge. Five-day marketing success it. challenge. Yeah. Totally. And, um, you know, like she said, four to six weeks from now, when we get this this thing shipped out, it may very well not be there any longer. But uh, it sounds as though you still should uh, take her up on it, no matter what it is, and and so that you can you can uh, get the great testimonials for yourself, just like all the others. So I appreciate you being here today, Essie. It's been it's been uh, it's been great. It's been one of my favorite episodes for sure. 
been awesome. So appreciate you being here. Thank you. Yeah, it you're absolutely welcome. a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So take care and have a great day. Thank you. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, babe.